No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. It is Monday night. I am Boogie Bumper, your host, hopefully for the couple of next couple of hours or so. We'll see how we go. Hope you had a lovely weekend. I certainly did. As always, so much to get through, so little time. Tonight's recommended drink, as always, cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers, ladies and gentlemen. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast of 2020. What an absolute pleasure to be with you. Ah. Let my people go outside! It's happening. Things are happening. Things are moving. Wheels are turning, ladies and gentlemen. We've got very exciting news for you tonight from all around the world. Oh, JJ Stoner, thank you for the gifted sub. You naughty little boy. Coffee talk with Sandra with the diamond. Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday to everyone. I hope this program finds you well. And like I said, so much to get through in so little time. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, ladies and gentlemen, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com. I'll see you in hell. Patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about your weekend, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, then the best way to do so would be to head to dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. Or the link down below. Streamlabs.com slash Boogie Bumper. I have very exciting news. Before we get into any kind of newsy stuff, before we get into the regular programming here on the Daily Boogie, I have some very, very exciting news, ladies and gentlemen. Following up from last week, the big announcement last week, the big 1,000, thank you to all of you for making it happen. We got to 1,000 followers on DLive. Very exciting times. Thank Thank you for coming. See See you in hell. So tonight I'm going to reveal how exactly you get into the 1,000 follower celebration dildo giveaway draw, ladies and gentlemen. Because <laughs> we are giving away a one-of-a-kind authentic glass dildo to one lucky DLive subscriber. So you have to be a booger to get in on this. Um, and the best, because I can't actually get like a list of the people, I can't actually get a list of the subscribers, so... And the other thing is a lot of people got in touch and said, I don't want to be in it. I don't want to be in it. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. It's already too con- it's already too complicated. So how about this? I put out a tweet. Thank you for coming. I see you in hell. It is pinned to the top of my timeline. Uh, I'll share it again. I'll put it up on the screen in a minute. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond says, I love being a booger. Well, we love you being a booger. Thank Thanks for coming. I'll see you in hell. So I, there's a there's a pinned tweet on the top of my timeline. If you want to be in the draw to win the official Daily Boogie one-of-a-kind glass dildo, the celebration, 1,000 follower celebration dildo, ladies and gentlemen, go to my timeline and reply to that pinned tweet with your DLive name. But you have to be a booger to be in it. 
Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Movie Time Blues resub for three months. Thank you so much. Um, so you have to be a booger to be in it. What I'm going to do is leave the competition. You can, up until Friday morning, you can put your name down on that tweet. And then on Friday night, we'll do a Friday night show and we'll do the draw at the end of the week to set everybody's weekend on fire. How about that? Is it your peanut de Ducasted from? No, it's not my peanut. Uh, having never bought a custom-made dildo before, I decided just to go with the manufacturer's specifications. <laughs> and you know the manufacturer. He's a very talented glass-working guy who's around uh, all of these various shows. <clears throat> I don't know if he's in the chat tonight. And I don't know if he wants me to reveal his name. Maybe I should ask first. But how about this? Would you like to see it? Because I don't. I think a lot of people aren't taking this very seriously. They don't know if it's real or not. This is a real competition. So would you like to see the authentic glass dildo, ladies and gentlemen? Well, here it is. <laughs> so here it is. The one-of-a-kind, authentic, daily boogie glass dildo. I was sent this video by our glass guy over the weekend. Let's have a little look here. Have a look at that. Ribbed for her pleasure. Isn't it fantastic? And there you go. <laughs> so every time you get off, you'll be reminded. The daily boogie. Fantastic stuff. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> the authentic, one-of-a-kind, custom-made Daily Boogie dildo, ladies and gentlemen. Let's play that video one more time. So, like I said, if you want to get in on this, if you want to be in the draw, you have to be a booger on DLive, and you have to respond to that pin tweet. I'll put the link in the chat again. Uh, and please, you know, retweet the link out. Put your DLive name in, and then I'll check if you're a subscriber or not. Joy of Pessy with the diamond. Thank you so much. Now your wife can have a daily boogie of her own. Exactly. Or your husband. <laughs> you know, I'm not. we're not judgmental on this show. We love love. However you want to uh, you know, express that love, however you want to get in touch with your, you know, freaky side, well, we're just happy to be invited. That's all I'm going to say. So thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. The 1000 Celebration Dildo. <laughs> yes, it is real. And yes, it will be going off this Friday. So get off with the boogie anytime you want. Become a subscriber on DLive. Put your name under the pin tweet. And then we'll rock and roll. And then what I'll do is um, I'll put you in touch with um, Ian, the glass guy. Uh, you can give him your details, like for shipping and stuff. Don't give it to me. I don't want your address. I don't want to know your address. I do not want to know the address of the person who wins, a, who wants to win uh, a glass dildo with my show written on it. I don't want to know where you live. <laughs> That's called plausible deniability. Just in case somebody gets angry and says, oh, my God, this fucking creep. I don't want to know. I don't know where you are. I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know your phone number. I don't know, want to know your state. I don't, know, don't want to know your city. You can just talk to the guy who ships it out. That's fine by me. And I'm going to instruct him, do not tell me any details about this person. I don't want to know. I'm just paying for the shipping. I will pay to send it out to you. But that's it. I don't want to know anything else beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The authentic Daily Boogie Dildo 
is going off this Friday, special Friday night broadcast. You you have to be in the show. You have to be in the uh, chat room on Friday to win it, though. That's the thing. Boogie Dee-Doo theme song, ladies and gentlemen. Ben K. Veritas with a diamond. Thank you so much for joining us. Why isn't the dildo black? I don't, you have to take it up with the you have to take it up with the manufacturer. I'm afraid. Thank you, Thank for, you coming. for coming. I see I'll you see in hell. hell. And just in case you're a very slow learner, here is the tweet itself. That's what it looks like. At this stage, only Joy of Pessy has nominated officially. Let's see if anyone else has joined up since we put that out. Okay, Dr. Sexy's in. Victor Von Schroom, he's in. Uh, Andrew Jackson, I hope this thing doesn't break off inside. Hayton Diaper Nova, which is one of my favorite names. <laughs> 07 Friends, I nominate Teddy Spaghetti, the sticker burger. No, you have to nominate yourself. You can't go nominating your friends for this. Captain Henchman with the diamond, thank you so much. Uh, Captain Henchman is in after a, a bit of to and fro. Uh, <laughs> Teddy the sticker spurg spaghetti. Okay, so Teddy is in. <laughs> Coffee talk with Sandra is in. So we get people are coming in, but there's not many. Thank you for coming. I'll, I'll see, see you in hell. At this stage, yes, <laughs> just say take it up. Uh, <laughs> at this stage, not many people are in it. So your chances of winning the authentic one of a Kai glass dildo are very high. Ladies and gentlemen. So thank you so much for joining us. Let's get into it, shall we? Uh, I've got good news. Just like to, from time to time, I like to keep you updated with what's happening down here in the land of plenty that is Australia, the land of milk and honey, the lucky country, as we like to call it. And we got some very, very, very encouraging news last week. Ladies and gentlemen, the restrictions, the phony laws, the phony restrictions that aren't really laws that sees people being chased off the beach by riot police that sees people being arrested in public for doing things like eating pizza. Coffee Talk with Sandra with a diamond. She loves good news. Don't worry, you're going to love this news. You are going to fucking love this news. This news is so lovable, it'll make you want to pick up an authentic glass dildo, ladies and gentlemen. So, fantastic news from the land down under. The restrictions are being lifted. Finally! Finally! I can't wait. So I guess this means I can go down to the, you know, the local hotel, grab myself a steak dinner, get a nice cold pint of beer, maybe take a walk on the beach. Not that I normally would anyway, but fuck it. I might do it now because that has been taken away from me for so long. There's so many things I want to do. Just go out and start hugging random people, talking to people again. We can take those ridiculous plastic screens down off the stores because I hate I hate going into a store and feeling like I'm in prison talking to someone through prison glass. It's really off-putting for me. So I'm sick of all that stuff. Go down to the pub, get myself a few beers, a nice steak. Sounds amazing. So let's hear the details about this glorious announcement, this fantastic, glorious announcement. That's, we're all back. We're all back to normal. The restrictions are being lifted. Let's see exactly what they're talking about. A lot of residents in New South Wales are very excited about this. They're very desperate excited. to see their friends and family, and today they will be able to do so. As you say, two people are allowed to go to a friend's or family's house, and that uh, is okay for them to bring their children as well in that situation. That's it. Mm. <laughs> Winning TV in the chat. Not so fast, Mr. Bumper. <laughs> wow. Two people. <laughs> This big fucking announcement. 
This big announcement that had everybody on the edge of their seat. Can't wait to hear. When's my local pub opening up? When is my favorite restaurant opening up? I can't wait for this. This is going to be amazing. Negative. No. No stakes. No stakes, no drinks, no parties. No. We are lifting the restrictions to allow two people to come into my house. (laughs) I don't even want you to come over to my house. Yay. Two whole people and their annoying, bratty, snotty-nosed little kids, too. They can bring them as well. Oh, what a joy. Ring the bell. What a tremendous joy. Jenny B, thank you for the sub. I suspect Jenny B is subbing to get on the 1,000 follower celebration dildo bandwagon, as you all should. Get on the get on the get on the sub bandwagon so you can get on the authentic daily boogie dildo, which will be drawn on Friday. Situation: The Premier Gladys Berejiklian did express uh, a little bit of apprehension about oh, the, really? the restrictions yesterday. <laughs> We're not sure if we want to let two people outside of their home to go and visit other people in their home at once. This might We might be going a little too far, but you know what? I'm a goddamn risk taker. I'm taking risks for Ring all of this shit. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. <laughs> Thank you for the gifted sub, Winning TV. Follow Winning TV, by the way, dlive.tv slash Winning TV. I watched um, the last episode of Winning TV on replay, and it seems that we are having a very negative effect on my friend Phil D'Angelo, who... Started out doing very serious, uh, very insightful political commentary. And I tuned in to the most recent episode of Winning TV on a Saturday night, 8 p.m. Goes for God knows how long. And there was a lot of mukbang activity. (laughs) UK Neil with a diamond. Follow UK Neil on DLive too, by the way. Chicago Mayor is Beetlejuice Reborn. She's very close to it. So we are having a negative effect on Phil D'Angelo. It seems that his content is starting to devolve into the kind of gutter level that we appreciate here on this show. (laughs) So I'm terribly sorry for the fans of Winning TV. It's not my doing. I didn't put him up to it. Hopefully Winning TV nominates to win the glass, authentic, one-of-a-kind Daily Boogie dildo, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Can't believe it. Can't believe we're giving away a dildo on this show. Yes, we are. We're giving away a dildo. You know what? Just for the hell of it. Let's see it one more time, shall we? Just for those who came in late. If you want to be if you want to win the glass dildo, become a subscriber, ladies and gentlemen, on D Live. Isn't it fantastic? I never thought. Of all the places I thought I'd be when I started this podcasting stuff about five, six years ago, I never thought it would end here. Yet here we are. Here we are. Playing soft jazz, being locked. <laughs> Here's the situation. When I started podcasting, I never thought we'd end up here. I'm locked in my house. I'm playing soft jazz and showing uh, and giving away dildos. Sometimes you just have to stand back and go, is this really the plan? Is this where really where I thought I would end up? But it has it's only just begun. And these more testicles, says Hayton Diaper Nova. Now, you can imagine testicles if you want testicles. 
I think people are just more interested. I think the shaft is the main part of the game, to be fair. So, <laughs> what the hell am I fucking talking about? What am I doing here? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Can't believe it. Anyway, let's carry on with our getting our freedoms back two people at a time, shall we? Yay! said that she hopes no one takes advantage of the situation. Take advantage? We hope nobody takes advantage of the situation? What, two people being allowed outside of their home only to go into somebody else's house? Oh, we wouldn't want to take advantage of it. How the hell are we supposed to take advantage of that? (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about, Mrs. Premier? Still responsibly, obviously, trying to keep some distance where they can she said, "Oh, good. So you're allowed. Two people are allowed in somebody else's home, but you still have to practice social distancing. This is just fantastic. She'll be visiting her own. Pa- it's almost like they're just kind of making the rules up as they go along, don't you think? Parents, but she would be remaining out the front of the house and only seeing them outside. So, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so." So people are taking advantage. People are now exercising their new found again freedom to go outside. So people are going to go to other people's houses and stand out the front. <laughs> just just stay on the driveway. Stay on the front lawn. Six feet apart. I can't have you coming inside. No, stay there. Buy the letterbox. No, we will talk like this. If you want to give the kids a present, you have to walk up halfway towards the house, leave the present, walk back, never turn around, face, keep eye contact at all times, drop the present down, go back to the letterbox, and I will come out and retrieve it. And then I'll go back inside. We're going to talk to you through the front door, but make sure you do not approach the house in any way, shape, or form. Go and visit your relatives, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and stand out the front of their home and talk to them like a crazy person. Do you remember we spoke about a while ago on this show? We were talking about because the police, it seems, are going a little too far, and we knew that they would. The exact quote we said was, they're frothing at the mouth to hand out fines. They're frothing at the mouth to put cuffs on people. They can't wait to usher people off to the beach because when you hand people new powers they like to use new powers it seems don't blame me it's just what the it's just the way humans operate i think so it very predictably now all of these videos have started coming out of people getting arrested people getting you know we had the videos down here of guys getting dragged out of their car and handcuffed for eating pizza people being arrested in front of their children sheriffs walking around swinging their dick well, you need to get out of here. Exercising their new author. And it was my thesis that this is going to do far more damage to the institution of policing than, you know, an unarmed guy getting shot or something like that. Because those kinds of events, although tragic in many cases, only happen like three or four times a year. But we are now being bombarded daily with this over-policing stories. And people are going to lose respect for the police. Do you remember us talking about that on this show? Well, 
um, to steal a line from PJ Dubs, imagine my shock when I came across this story, ladies and gentlemen. Just a few hours ago, Texas Park Ranger pushed into water after approaching group for not social distancing. What a fucking surprise, huh? Dayton, Ohio show. Thank you for the diamond, sir. Let's take a look here. Got you. I'm sure I'm sure people are just going to have as much respect for the police as they did before social distancing. I'm sure the police aren't losing any of their authority in the minds of the community because of, you know, locking up mothers who have their kids at the park, locking up fathers in front of their daughters, chasing people off the beach when no one's around. I'm sure that the respect levels for the police are just the same place that they always were. Let's have a look. There he goes. (laughs) Into the drink he goes. Ladies and gentlemen. So <clears throat> the Texas Ranger was out there trying to tell people they need to go home. As you can see, everyone's dressed up for a bit of fun in the sun. People are out there picnicking. They're in bikinis. They're enjoying an afternoon out in the sun. Uh-oh. Oh. Into the drink he goes. Austin, Texas. Austin, by the way, this isn't like uh, Republican white supremacy, we hate lockdown laws, uh, let's get our guns and storm the office building. That, it's not that kind of thing. No, no, it's liberal student, uh, college student, Austin, Texas. A park ranger in Austin, Texas, was pushed into the water after approaching a group of people not properly social distancing. According to an affidavit, the, no- the, na- the, pardon me, the ranger noticed a group of people unlawfully drinking and smoking in Common Fords Park. How dare they? Unlawfully drinking. Let's have a I could watch this all day. To be honest, I could watch this all day. Off he goes. Chase him, ranger. Chase after him. Brave heroes. He was then pushed from behind into the water by 25-year-old Brandon James Hicks, ladies and gentlemen. See how all of the assassins have three names? The trend continues. That guy wasn't properly social distancing. Exactly, Dr. Sexy. The Austin Parks and Recreation Department is saddened by the action taken against our park ranger. Saddened by the action? It It looked like a hot day. You should be thankful. City of Austin Park Rangers are essential workers who've been on the front line of the city's response. We're on the front line. We're in the trenches. We're at the battle lines. (laughs) Telling teenagers to move on. Stunning and brave. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. They continue to work long hours educating the public on the various operational changes and parks and other PARD facilities. Oh, yeah. That's what you call it. That's what you call being a fucking narc. Oh, no, we're educating people. Right. Right. You got a tweed jacket, do you? You got an apple on your desk? Rangers are not law enforcement officers. Then why are they pretending to be? Why are they out there trying to tell people what the laws are? Why are they out there trying to move people on? Why are they out there acting like cops? Remember the start of the story. Oh, he witnessed people doing unlawful things. Well, if he's not a law enforcement officer, why does it fucking matter then? Right? You can't have it both ways, Austin Austin Park Rangers. 
You can't say our guy was intervening in something that was unlawful and then say he's not a law enforcement officer. Well, get the fuck out then. (laughs) Then mind your own business, sir. Who cares if people are doing something unlawful if you're not a law enforcement officer, sir? So mind your own fucking business. Jog on, sunshine. Our Rangers continue to engage residents on the proper use of park facilities. No, he wasn't. He was lecturing them about standing six feet apart. During the COVID-19 pandemic, said Kimberly McNeely, Austin Parks and Recreation Department Director, we ask that the public treat Rangers with the same respect they wish to be shown themselves. Well, to be fair, they were college students at a pool party, so they probably expect to be pushed into the water. So in that sense, they were showing him the exact amount of respect that they expect to be shown. Because <laughs> I, I guarantee all of them expect to be pushed into the water at some point. Public support is essential for Austin to meet the challenges of this pandemic. No, no, that's not the way it works. You can't crush people down. You can't enforce ridiculous rules and then demand respect. You have to earn respect. You have to earn the respect. You can't walk around, like we said before, swinging your dick, uh, enforcing laws when you admit that you're not a law enforcement officer, demanding people listen to you, and then when they don't, say that it's the people's fault because you're not trying hard enough to win their respect, I suspect. And like we said you know, a couple of weeks ago, with the amounts of stories that are coming out with police overstepping the line and in being far too harsh with how they want to enforce these ridiculous non-rules, which aren't rules, but just pretend. They're only doing damage to their own institution. They're only doing damage to their own self-image. And no fucking sympathy. No fucking sympathy. Let's have a look at this, ladies and gentlemen, because I do love me a good racism story here on this show. This comes from Teen Vogue, by the way. Do you remember when Teen Vogue would talk about things like lip gloss, uh, who the cute boys are, Backstreet Boys, boy bands, all of that kind of stuff? (laughs) Teen Vogue has changed, apparently, over the last little while. Unbeknownst to myself, I was never a big reader of Teen Vogue, but I came across this article. Listen to this. Reopen protests are motivated by racism. (laughs) Lack of concern for black and brown lives. Oh. So wait, all of these people are only out there. They're not protesting against uh, losing their job. They're not protesting against unconstitutional rules. They're not protesting against any of that. No, no. The only motivation that they have for being there is because they hate brown people, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that? I wasn't aware of that. It's fun to learn. Thank you, Teen Vogue. In Huntington Beach, California. California is racist now, by the way. About 45 minutes away from Los Angeles, without traffic, the beach was recently crowded with mostly white bodies who were not wearing masks nor practicing social distancing. Huntington Beach is home to one of the reopen movements, an astroturf protest focused on reopening businesses across America as the COVID-19 pandemic still rages. It's raging. (laughs) Andrew Jackson, thank you for joining us, sir. More pressing matters are at hand. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow night, so please join us again. The best damn moderator on the interwebs, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Jackson's tape. 
in a rejection of all things science. So you're a science denier now if you want to reopen the economy. See how they've just slipped that in there, huh? How did that happen? Yes. Captain Henchman with a diamond with a very good point. They're racist because they're patriotic. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. That damn racist patriotism. Lock them up, says fascist hippie. Shoot them on sight. (laughs) A year ago, protesters took to downtown Huntington Beach for an anti-immigration rally that turned violent. Ah, so a year ago. Whether it's taking back their country, making America great again, or reopening America, see how we're just jamming all three things together? The goals of these white Americans are rooted in a desire to return to their white dominance and white comfort. (laughs) Holy cow! This is a hot take. There are two fronts where black people are being hit hard by the pandemic, the physical and the financial. A long history of government neglect and unequal access to healthcare has meant that black people have been disproportionately killed by this virus. <laughs> are they choosing not to are they choosing to go outside or something or are they choosing to congregate in large groups ladies and gentlemen? What exactly is going on here? Well, let's have a look. Uh, multiple large gatherings held across Chicago this weekend draw outrage from local leaders. I'm sure that this is all because of racism. Karen and Ruby State and local leaders continue to be concerned about these large gatherings. They've been trying to drive okay. home the message, the reason behind the stay-at-home order, but people are ex- still okay. are still ignoring that order. Are they, people are ignoring the order. Why would people be ignoring the order, especially when they're being disproportionately targeted by this particularly nasty and racist virus? You know what? I'm sure this is all the fault of the white people on Huntington Beach in California, what's taking place in Chicago right now. ...of at least two gatherings last night on the west side. Hey! (laughs) Now... If you can't see, if you're listening to the podcast and you can't see the vision here, uh, we have what looks to be about a dozen uh, urban girls who are twerking in front of a police car. (laughs) Not giving a single fuck. Probably twerking to the disco lights that the, the police car, the local sheriff, or the local police department is providing them, ladies and gentlemen. The police responded to... Hell yeah! Putting an end to the partying, telling the... And don't, don't get me wrong. I like this. I'm on their side. I'm not on the side of the narcs on this one. You, twer- you twerk your fucking little... You twerk your little heart out there, girlfriend. You do whatever the hell you've got to do. But I suspect that this is all somehow racism's fault, right? That this is taking place. I, you know what? I blame the white people on Huntington Beach in California for this for what's happening in Chicago. And if you don't, well, you must be some kind of fucking science denier. (laughs) Science denier. Crowd to go home 
Chicago police have been asking the public. That is what a hell of a booty right there. But to notify them about gatherings like these planned or in progress, yep. Yep. state and local leaders have said that these gatherings are putting lives at risk. Really? I thought it was the white people on Huntington Beach in California that were putting lives at risk. Sounds, it sounds like the twerking girls in the Chicago streets are the ones putting the, their lives at risk. We need the public to comply really? uh, with the stay-at-home rule because that is how we've been defeating coronavirus. We need them to comply. Sounds like we're losing, though, to government. We might be defeating the coronavirus, but it seems like government is kicking our fucking ass right now. Am I alone in that? Oh, it's one. Oh, we're beating coronavirus. We're beating coronavirus. We're flattening the curve. We're flattening the curve. It's amazing. We're winning. We're winning. And it's like, really? Why am I getting arrested then? <laughs> Why am I getting beaten with a baton for walking my dog? What the fuck is going on? It sounds like we're losing here. Comply, and those who don't comply need to be reminded that Ooh. they should comply. Reminded, forced, if you will. We're not looking to have police crack down on people. Larry in the chat, thank you for joining us, says you can hear these parties blocks away. Look, I could be wrong. <clears throat> but it seems to me this would be, you know, we've made this point on this show before. When, this, when the lockdown started happening and people were complaining about police targeting them on a the street just for being in a car, right? Just for being outside. I jumped on Black Twitter. Black Twitter, by the way, is fucking amazing. I love Black Twitter. Black Twitter is what white Twitter should be. But white Twitter is very boring and milquetoast, as white people are. White people are very boring. We don't like them. That's not true. We tolerate them. How about that? We tolerate white people on this show. But black people are much, much more fun. As we all know, as we can see here from the twerking, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, look at this. Wouldn't you rather be there? Wouldn't you rather be there than locked up in your own home? So when all the lockdowns started happening and people were being targeted on the streets, I made the point like, if you jump on black Twitter, it's funny. Look at the amount of people who are like, oh, hell yeah. Now you know what we fucking dealing with for the last 40 years, motherfucker. <laughs> Coffee talk with Sandra. Chicago is a hot mess. Black Twitter, Black Twitter, Black Twitter was basically we got dildos on the brain. Black Twitter was basically like, man, look at all these white motherfuckers complaining about police kicking them off the street and shit. What the fuck you been? What the fuck you think we've been talking about for the last forty years, motherfucker? Huh? <laughs> yeah, now you know how we feel, motherfucker. What a Black Twitter? Yes, <laughs> fascist hippie, hold my beer. So it doesn't surprise me. That in, you know, poorer, so lower socioeconomic communities, right, with, uh, you know, African-Americans congregate, that they would be like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, I'll do what I want. Because they've been kind of dealing with it already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doesn't surprise me in the slightest. But, of course, um, that's science denial to suggest that. That's all science denial. In reality, it's just about racism. Because Teen Vogue said so. Uh, despite data showing that uh, social distancing is working in other stakes, ordering Georgia's heavy black and brown workforce back on the job. Oh my God, it's slavery all over again. <laughs> Georgia. So wait, the Georgia governor saying we're going back to work is the way they describe it is he's ordering black and brown people back to work. Oh, what a slave driver, huh? <laughs> Damn whip cracker. 
fucking Teen Vogue, mate. If your daughter is reading this, now you know where she gets her ideas. Ordering George's heavily black and brown workforce back on the job relieves the state of having to pay unemployment benefits. $42 million was distributed in unemployment benefits in Georgia during a span of seven days in late March. And as Vice reported, those who refused to go back to work out uh, go back to work early out of fear for their safety will lose their pandemic unemployment insurance. The two trillion dollar stimulus package also meant that those on unemployment would have seen an extra six hundred dollars in their unemployment paycheck, ladies and gentlemen. So there you have it. Uh, it's obviously all just racism. And this video that I found last week that I didn't get a chance to go to, which was being widely reported on at the time, this was all caused by the white people gathering on the beach in Huntington in California. Let's have a look. I would, if I was a, uh, if I was one of these cops, I would rather be dealing with, I don't know, Antifa throwing bottles at me. I'd rather be dealing with white nationalists with, you know, brandishing weapons. I'd probably rather deal with football hooligans in the UK throwing bottles and smashing us with, um, you know, Molotov cocktails and stuff. In fact, if I was a police officer trying to push people down a street in this fashion, I think I would rather deal with just about any other group than a collection of angry African-American mothers because they are going to give you the spray to end all sprays. (laughs) Damn, motherfucker, you motherfuckers, you out here, you fucking pigs, y'all. What the fuck are you doing out here, you motherfucker? I'm going to be up in your face, bitch. You can't tell me to do nothing, motherfucker. It's like, you're going to go home with the worst headache that you've ever had. (laughs) Coffee Talk with Sandra. How about fighting the murderers? We haven't got time for that. Look at these obvious criminals out here. (laughs) We've got to save lives. You're going to go home with the worst headache you've ever had after trying to move these lovely young ladies on, I think. far worse. I would rather take a Molotov cocktail to the face than be greeted by this, by this scenario here. They're very brave, stunning and brave. Look at her go. She's fucking, she don't give a fuck this one. You fucking bitch, motherfucker. Just listen to it. God almighty. It's it's just a tapestry of damn motherfucker, you motherfuckers, you gonna fuck you, motherfucker, you fucking motherfucker pigs, you fucking come back and you in the hood now, motherfucker. I'll fuck you up, motherfucker. I'm gonna fucking put over this shit. You fucking nigga bitch, fuck you, motherfucker. It's just like Times ten, overlapping with its with themselves constantly. <laughs> like I said, uh, give me give me the fucking white nationalist brandishing firearms at this point. Hey! Yo, that's 
You can, if, if you can hear it, I don't know if you can hear it or not. I've got a good set of cans on. You can hear the fucking police chopper overhead. Remember before all this kicked off and we were seeing videos of like cops getting water dunked on them, cops being chased out of the hood, right? Do you think that their stake, do you think that their lot has improved or worsened since coronavirus? Since the enforcement of these unconstitutional, ridiculous fucking bullshit rules that sees people allowed to go to places like Walmart, but the local hardware store has to close. You're allowed to go to fast food restaurants like McDonald's, but the local restaurant, which is smaller than a McDonald's, can't fucking serve you. You're allowed to go to the liquor store, but you're not allowed to walk in the fucking park. Right? And Teen Vogue's got the... Teen Vogue. I can't believe I'm critiquing fucking Teen Vogue. Teen Vogue has the fucking audacity to call people science deniers for protesting this. Where is the science in that? Somebody explain to me the science of allowing people to stand in a group of 500 at a fucking Walmart or a Home Depot, but not a group of 10 at the local, you know, countertop diner. Explain to me the science of that. Explain to me why liquor stores are safer than people walking on the beach by themselves. Because there is no scientific explanation for it. And look, I'm not even somebody who's like, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's just the flu, bro. I'm not one of those it's just the flu, bro people. But I'll sacrifice everybody, men, women, and children, to make sure that basic fundamental civil liberties are not torn away. Because once you give them up, they fucking never come back. That is a lesson learned throughout human history. Whatever you give up, you have to fight tooth and nail to get back in just like an essence of it. And the rights that we have now are not like just fucking always there. People before us, it was a long, hard road for us peasants at the bottom of the food chain to get to the place where we have basic fundamental freedoms. A lot of good people had to fucking risk their lives to get that shit. A lot of good people had to sacrifice their lives to get that shit over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and to just piss it away, to just throw it out the window? For this? No. No fucking deal. Pile the bodies up. I don't care. Because it's not worth it. And then the next time something happens, it'll be twice as much. It'll be twice as much lockdown. You want good news? We can give you good news, ladies and gentlemen. How about PBS, ladies and gentlemen? Why getting the US back to normal in the next couple of months is a quote-unquote 
fantasy. You're living in a fantasy world. If you don't think that getting back to normal in a couple of months is something that we should strive for, it's something we should strive for. And when I say normal, I don't mean new normal. You know, the new normal, which has drones flying around our fucking uh, rooftops 24 hours a day surveilling us. The new normal where uh, the government is now legally allowed to track our whereabouts, where we are on a phone to make sure that we're social distancing and all that shit. I don't want that normal. Not interested in that normal. I want the old normal. Thank you very much. But I must, I'm, and I'm a science denier, of course, and a white supremacist who hates brown people, obviously. Thank you, Teen Vogue. <laughs> I never would have known otherwise. I must be some kind of awful science-denying white nationalist to think that we should have the old normal back and not the new normal and not be locked up in our homes with our civil liberties being pissed on daily. As officials around the country are considering how to reopen their communities, there is great concern and debate brewing over how long shutdowns should last. This is a semantic thing, by the way, but I'm starting to hate this term reopen. No, no, let's not, let's not go that way. Because psychologically, it sounds like a choice when these people had no choice. So let's ditch the governors and politicians are deciding how to reopen their communities. Why don't we see, you see, like there is fucking, there is semantical manipulation in everything these people do. I think if you want to be honest, you would say end lockdown or end closure, end forced closures. How about that? There is debate between law, among lawmakers to decide how they're going to end the forced closures of business. How about that? Oh, no, no, no. No, it's about reopening. Oh, it's a grand reopening. There's going to be balloons and banners and giveaways and tickets. It's going to be amazing. People are going to come and cut red ribbons, right? See, the whole, um, the whole psychological impetus is different depending on which word you use. Oh, we're deciding how to reopen. Fuck that. We're deciding when to end the forced unconstitutional closures. How about that? That's more accurate as far as I'm concerned. There will be no fucking balloon drop. There will be no banner cut, uh, ribbon cutting. There will be no grand reopening parade, right? Because that's what a reopening sounds like. And whether reopening too soon could be dangerous. 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 <laughs> More, more dangerous than effectively kicking people out onto the street? I don't know. That's yet to be seen. Donald McNeil reported extensively <clears throat> on this Mr. McNeil. the New York Times in a piece that explored how society could be profoundly affected and disrupted for the next two years. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> two fucking years, huh? Strap in. Buckle up. Two years, sir. Hmm. They're, they're already pushing park rangers into rivers, by the way. I don't know if you realize that. You've already got angry black single mothers uh, staring down and screaming in the faces of police already. <laughs> Imagine two years from now. This will be fun. I can't wait. He's been covering epidemics for close to two decades for the Times. And he joins me now. Donald McNeil, thank you so much for joining us. You do open your piece quoting science. Remember, this is PBS. This is your tax dollars at work, my American brothers and sisters. 
as saying this could last for some time. Why? What do they base that on? What do they base it? Good well, question. Um, you know, basically they say that the, the notion that we're all going to be out of this in two or three months and the football stadiums are going to be open in the fall and we'll all be out together is a fantasy. That but it's... <laughs> But it's a fantasy because of people like you. The virus isn't <clears throat> the virus isn't locking people out of football stadiums. The virus isn't closing businesses. The virus isn't chasing people off the beach. The virus isn't uh, sending small businesses broke. The virus isn't forcing people into the street to protest all of these things happening. It's people like you who are doing that. Like, can you can you can you imagine the hubris of these people? Oh no, you think, what, you think that after a few months of this that we're just going to give you your rights back? That's a fantasy. Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? Oh no, people, people think that after three months they'll be able to reopen their business and start making money and start recouping some of those horrific losses that come when businesses operate on small margins and they're forced to shut their doors for three months due to the government, they think that they're going to start getting back to work and start making money so they don't lose their homes. That's a fucking fantasy. A fantasy. What balls? Because you see, Donald McNeil Jr. here, very good country club name, by the way, Donald McNeil Jr. from the New York Times, his job isn't at risk. His job's booming. He's doing better numbers than he's ever done in his fucking life, John, uh, Donald McNeil. He's not under pressure. 30 million people in the United States are now unemployed. And these assholes have the audacity to go on your taxpayer-funded news corporation, ladies and gentlemen, your taxpayer-funded outlet, and tell you that, your uh, desire to return to work and start earning money again is nothing but pure fantasy. And then, you'll, and then you, you turn to your daughter, your 13-year-old daughter who's reading Teen Vogue, and she says, Mummy, why are you a white nationalist who hates black people? Sorry, dear? Well, you went to that protest today because uh, Daddy's losing his fucking coffee shop, right? Yeah. Well, it says here that you're only angry because you hate brown people and you hate black people and you want them all to die. Look at, look at what they're doing to you. Look at what they're doing to us. The fucking, orda- the gall, the chutzpah, the audacity. It's, it, it is breathtaking to me. I would never have the balls to say that to 30 million unemployed people. You want to go back to work? That's a fantasy, mate. Wow. Right now, somewhere north of 300 million Americans are still uninfected and vulnerable to the virus. <laughs> so wait, the fact that 300 million Americans have not been affected is cause for concern? That's why the lockdowns need to continue? Because most people don't have it? <laughs> you could just use whatever logic you want now. If we all go out again, things will look good for two or three weeks, and then suddenly the infections will begin to tick up, and then the um, 
the emergency rooms will fill and we'll be back on our way towards uh, 2 million dead, which we Look, I've used this same line when talking about getting troops out of the Middle East, right? And I've, ta- I've taken shit for it. UK Neil with the diamond says, want freedom? Better re- be ready to give it up first. Exactly. That's the deal we're getting in Australia. I suspect that's the deal you're going to get in the United States. The Australian government is now saying, hey, if you want your freedoms back, just download this app and tell us where you are 24 hours a day. <laughs> that's the trade-off. And by the way, the app is not going to go away. Uh, we're going to use it in future pandemics. We're going to use it for future reasons. Future They don't even say future pandemics, for future emergencies. So that can be literally anything when you're talking about the government, right? So that shit, the surveillance state stuff, that's here to stay, apparently. If you want your freedom back, you have to give it up first. Neil's 100% correct. So I've used this line before and cop shit for it when talking about getting troops out of uh, the Middle East, getting troops out of Iraq, out of Afghanistan, out of Syria and stuff. If not now, then when? Right? Because the logic is, the excuses that you get from government is like this. Well, we can't leave now because there's this uprising. We can't leave now because we're leaving these people at risk. We can't leave now because of these situations. There's always a reason to stay. And they acknowledge that. So if that's your formula for staying, then you better you may as well get used to the idea that you're never leaving. Because there's always going to be somebody put at risk. There's always going to be another conflict. There's always going to be another warlord. There's always going to be another dictator. There's always going to be another oil field under threat. There's always going to be another asset that's under threat. There's always going to be intelligence that points to all of those things. Always. Always. As long as we are there... There's always going to be a reason to stay there. So I asked the question about this. Because he says, hey, if we all go back outside, then people are going to start getting sick again. Okay, if not now, then when? If not now, then when? Six months, two years, ten years? There's always going to be a chance of uh, people spreading germs, spreading diseases, spreading viruses, spreading bacteria. That's always going to exist. That's always going to be there, right? So if not now, then when? We were when the lockdown started, so. And I don't think in, you know, hand on heart, I don't think in all honesty, waiting until the entire world's economy crashes and we're basically fighting for rice and standing in bread lines, and every store except fucking Amazon and Walmart is shut, where every restaurant except McDonald's is shut, where every store except Walmart and and Home Depot is shut, where every online service is shut and closed except for Uber Eats and fucking Amazon, I don't think that that's a viable alternative. Pardon me, I must be a white supremacist science-denying hater of brown people. Brown people, by the way, black people, by the way, and other uh, lower socioeconomic individuals of all races who are employed <laughs> by and large by these small businesses at the lower end of the scale. It's not a viable alternative. It's not an option. So if not now, then when? Just keep pushing it out. No, maybe six months. 
maybe two years, maybe five years, maybe a hundred fucking years. How about that? That can't happen. And we won't that- really get out of this until we have either a vaccine or a prophylactic pill that will. <laughs> we will let you out of your homes when we can jab you with a vaccine. There it is, huh? <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm not even an anti-vax guy. Make no mistake about it. I'm not anti-vax, but I am uh, skeptical. I am skeptical of government which is pretty obvious to anybody who listens to this show. This is the black shirt wearing libertarian raising the black flag broadcast. In my opinion, um, if you want to take a vaccine, go for it, man. But I, my, my eye starts to twitch and I do shift uneasily in my seat when I hear authorities and people speaking with authority voices making ultimatums to people and when governments start talking about forcing people to do it, that's when I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't force me to do that. Sorry. Whenever the government's like, oh, no, we're going to force you to inject this into your person. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> right? And if that makes me anti-vax, then so be it. But I don't think I am. If you want to take them, if you if you go for it, man. Oh, no, no. It only works if everybody takes it. Lockdown only works if everybody does it. The pissing of way of your civil liberties only works if nobody says no. And how do you get everybody to say yes? You tell them that any other idea is just pure fucking fantasy. You're living in a fantasy world. You're a fringe conspiracy theorist fantasy Fantasy pusher, you're a white supremacist, you're a racist. It's the same routine now happening again. After two or three months of this, we're now seeing the same tired routine rising to the surface once more, aren't we? The same tricks, the same programming, the same lines. Oh, it's because you're scared, you hate, you're selfish, you're racist. You're, de- you're a science denier. You're a fear monger. We'll uh, let us out. And the vaccine, we let are told, us out. Uh, what is it, doctor? They will, we're not, they're not going to let us out. <laughs> Sir Fauci says a year, a year and a half. What do the scientists you talk to say about that? Why it takes so long? Well, they say, look, a year or 18 months is really optimistic. The The record for making a vaccine in this 18 months is really optimistic. This country is the mumps vaccine, which was made back in the 50s, and it took four years. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. I, look, I, I, I admit I'm not a science guy. I'm not a virologist. I'm not somebody who makes vaccines. But it, did he just reference how long it took to make one vaccine in the 1950s for why it's going to take a long time to make a vaccine now? Did he just do that? Correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't science kind of progressed since 1950 fucking two? (laughs) Like we're talking like 70 years. (laughs) Well, no, what what you have to understand is what you have to understand here is, uh, you know, audience, you're living in a fucking fantasy world. It's going to take a long time to come up with some kind of vaccine because remember back in 1950, it took them four years. Yeah, in, in 1950, 
it took fucking it took three times as long to fly from one place to another. Right? Uh, it took twice as long to get a, a, a ferry across a fucking ravine. Barely anybody had an automobile, right? There was a lot of things that took a lot longer back in 1950. It wasn't just the manufacture of vaccines. Is that what we're basing this on now? Holy shit. <laughs> Mike, no boogie. It's like going to the moon. That'll never happen. We're never going to get to the moon. Guys. <laughs> we have now. Things have sped up in, in modern times. Oh, we good. actually have vaccine candidates. I'm glad he threw that in there. Sped up. You can make a vaccine candidate very quickly. Mm. Um, you can't speed up the immune system. You still have to do the tests in, right. in people. Yeah. Um, and coronavirus. So just lock everyone up for the next two years then. Sounds like a good idea, bro. Viruses have problems. They have a tendency to create a thing called antibody-dependent enhancement when other yep. vaccines have been made, yep. which means the vaccine can actually make you more likely to get the disease rather than less. Which... <laughs> I thought that was a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Jesus, he's not... They're not doing a very good job of slapping down these anti-vaxxers fucking lunatics, are they? <laughs> well, the problem with vaccines is some of the vaccines actually make you more sick. What? If that comes out of Alex Jones's mouth, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need to shut him down. Get him off the internet. <laughs> Foggy in the chat. So he just shat all over his point? Yes. Yes, he did. Sounded like a regular Alex Jones over here. <laughs> wow. It would be a disaster. So you have to test very carefully again. This is psychotic. It's that. Um, and then there's... A quick reminder from your authoritative news source, PBS, ladies and gentlemen. The production problem. Most vaccines are made in batches of 5 to 10 million, million doses because we have about 4 million babies born in this country every year. But if we need a vaccine that every American has to take, that's either 300 million or 600 million doses if you need two shots. So... That's a whole different order of magnitude in vaccine production and getting the factories working to do that. A huge, almost an unimaginable amount. What about... Huge, unimaginable. Sounds like fantasy to me, bro. Yeah, you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Why getting the US back to normal in the next couple of months is a fantasy. Apparently because we need a vaccine. <laughs> it's apparently, it's, apparently it's a fantasy because uh, we need a vaccine before we can leave our houses again. And we can't have a vaccine uh, in two years because in the 1950s, it took four years. And if we do get a vaccine, it might actually make people more sick and more susceptible to catching the thing that the vaccine is supposed to be stopping anyway. So that's why if you had uh, dreams, if you had fantasies about going back to work, uh, earning money again and not being kicked out of your own home, then I'm afraid pfft, sucks to be you. This, of course, though, is just the ramblings of a white supremacist uh, white supremacist, white nationalist on Huntington Beach in California who just hates brown people, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just before we go to the break, just very quickly, a quick reminder. I've tweeted out the link a couple of times. If you are a booger, if you are one of the boogers and you want to be in the draw to win the authentic Daily Boogie Glass Dildo, ladies and gentlemen, the one-of-a-kind Daily Boogie Glass Dildo, then head to my Twitter timeline, at Boogie Bumper. It is the pinned tweet at the top. 
you'll have till Friday morning to put your DLive name under that tweet and then you will go in the draw and then on Friday night we'll do a special show. We'll draw the winner and somebody will be receiving this lovely piece from uh, Evil Ian, ladies and gentlemen, the authentic one-of-a-kind Daily Boogie glass dildo, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we're going to take a quick five-minute break. Got plenty more to get through. Stick around. You're listening to the Daily Boogie podcast on a Monday night. We'll be back in five. See you soon. your novelty comedy songs organic handmade with painstaking care put into every note well look no further than irrational times using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later irrational times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level new songs and sketches every week so check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Really giving that one a workout. Come on. Dlive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone's slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. But don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. Why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do that. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No! <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you.
Oh, oh come on, you secretly animal. love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Feeling depressed? Need someone to tell you it's not okay? Do you like goth public access TV? Then join me for The Big Empty every Sunday at noon. Major underscore Tom on DLive with zeros for O's because everything in your life is that difficult. There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy This Justin the global officials that can help all also known as got you have now banned all boogieing and boogie related movements worldwide Public safety is the main concern they say and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie pumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Second half of the show. People are signing up for the glass dildo. <laughs> Again, it is just the boogers. So respond to that pin tweet on my timeline, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I should have kept this off the screen until I until I back announce it. But what the hell? Uh, respond to the pin tweet on my timeline if you want to enter the into the draw, which will be on Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. Special Friday night broadcast. Uh, we will release the winner. Head to my timeline at Boogie Bumper. Go to the pin tweet at the top and put your D Live. Uh, handle underneath please it's just for the boogers though it's just for the subscribers so if you want to be in the if you want to win the the glass dildo if you want to be in the draw then you have to be a subscriber to the channel ladies and gentlemen so thank you for joining us 
This is the Daily Boogie Podcast. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, patreon.com. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, please. Leave us a rating, too. If you're if you're a podcast listener and you listen on iTunes or something, leave me a rating. It doesn't even have to be good. You can leave a crappy rating and be a smartass in the comments section. Tell me how awful I am for giving away glass dildos on the internet. That's fine. I totally expect that. Like I said, I never thought that I would end up here. Never thought that I'd be doing this. So it's first time you, first time me. It's the Miyagi treatment. So if you want, please help us. Uh, it helps us um, get up the ratings a little bit. I'm not sure. We were in like the top 100 in the United States about, I don't know, four or five months ago. And now I think we're on the cusp of like the top 200. So if you want to help us get up those ratings, get more people downloading the show, that would be fucking amazing. So thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. People use iTunes. Yeah, people. Most of my downloads on the podcast come from iTunes. The other, It's like 50-50 between Podbean and iTunes. So you can also leave a rating on Podbean too, by the way. Thank you for joining us. Second half of the show, I have to bring you this story because I only found it like a couple of hours ago. I'm amazed. Uh, maybe I've missed it. Maybe more people have been covering this, but this guy is going to be our Daily Boogie, uh, <laughs> Daily Boogie podcast hero of the week this week. <laughs> Remember that video we played of all the people wearing the crazy masks? We played, remember oh, Gimp Man? Oh, why censored with a tip? Again. <laughs> Put a little boogie in your butt, blame Ben for this lol. Put a little boogie in your butt, blame Ben for this. Thank you for the tip. Why censored? Uh, she sent us through a little clip here. Let's see what he's got. Okay. Hey, I ain't putting no boogie in nobody's butt. That's nasty, man. What you talking about? Putting boogies in people's butt. You your mind or something? Go to jail or something like that. Well, step aside, my friend. I've been doing I miss Eddie Murphy so much. I say, down. Open your eyes. He's not dead, but he may as well be. <laughs> I'll see you in hell. Oh, thank you. SoCal Chris, thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Put a little boogie in your butt, your butt. <laughs> Excellent get. Ben K. Veritas is very good with the um with the musical references, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, put a little boogie in your butt. Join on DLive. Uh, follow the channel on DLive, then become a subscriber. And then head to my Twitter time. I know it's a three-part process, but at least that way we <laughs> at least that way we make it so difficult and complicated that it's only the real dedicated boogers who have a chance of winning the authentic one-of-a-kind glass dildo. You do have to be a booger on DLive, which means subscribing to the channel. For the paltry sum of, I think it's about 298 lemons per month. Per month. Three bucks a month, basically. If that's too much to win an authentic one-of-a-kind glass dildo, which will one day be a collector's item, make no mistake about it, it will be in the Smithsonian one day. Please wash it off before you donate it. Make sure you wash it off. It is glass, so it's very sturdy. But any little, you know, stains or any little uh, residue will show up very easily on a glass dildo, I've been informed. Just letting you know, dildo maintenance is very important. So this guy is our hero of the week here on the show. So we've played all the clips of uh, last week. There was uh, the gimp man from Essex who was dressed up in a full gimp costume People have been walking into stores wearing gas masks. Uh, one guy had a shoe tied to his face. <laughs> now, 
the beauty of this is you're about to see the beauty of this. It's it's very meta game what this guy's doing here. It's very it's ironic, bro. <laughs> Have a look at this. And look what happens when people demand that he take the mask off. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what this brave freedom... And again, just like the Gimp Man of Essex, if you're going to make this bit work, you have to just be normal. Like if he was walking around dressed in full KKK stuff. So if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see somebody is using a COVID, uh, using a KKK hat as a COVID-19 mask in the supermarket, just wandering around very casually getting his groceries. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, where do you, where do y'all keep the ginger beer in here? Oh, thank you so much. Thank you kindly. <clears throat> where do you keep y'all? Where do you keep the oranges in this motherfucker? Have you got, have you got those nice uh, navel oranges? You know, I like them the best. They're so sweet in this time of year. <laughs> You just got to be normal guy, except for the mask. That's how you make it work. So let's let's have a look. He's our hero of the week here on the show. Uh, I'm not I'm not even getting into a thing about KKK racer. I'm not even interested in that. I just love the fact that somebody's doing this. Shocked to see it in your own town. Yeah. <laughs> Shoppers are stunned. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. He's leaning on, he's doing that move where you lean on the cart and he's got one foot up on the cart. He's a total fucking Chad. <laughs> he's completely casual about it. Yeah, whatever. Just waiting in line. He's been reading Teen Vogue, Daryl Levin in the chat. <laughs> in East County, when a man enters a grocery store wearing a racist hood. A racist hood. <laughs> they can't, what, you can't say KKK? Is that too racist? Will that trigger too many people? Fucking hell, man. Grow up. Good evening and thanks for joining us. I'm Alicia Summers. And I'm. Look how serious these fucking. <laughs> look how serious these pricks are about this. <laughs> Steve Price, the disturbing post has been circulating. Just, it's disturbing. It's, I think it's hilarious. Ben K. Veritas with a diamond. Thank you for joining us, Ben K. Veritas. Why isn't it showing up? Where is my diamond alert gone? Uh, hang on a minute. Let me find him. UK, ben K Veritas with a diamond says, this guy gets it. If you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> UK Neil with a diamond says, pass this on to our hero, please. Well, I've got to find him first. That's the beautiful part about this. So he goes into the store wearing the KKK hood. He's using the rules, right? Because they go up to him and say, sir, you have to remove the hood. You can't wear that hood uh, in here Ob for obvious reasons, right? They're, they're worried about, you know, this thing, this kind of thing fucking showing up on the news. And he's like, you can't, you can't demand that I take the hood off <laughs> because it's for safety. I'm keeping people alive. <laughs> Captain Edgeman with the diamond. Where is my activity feed? Why am I not getting these? Thank you for the diamond, Captain Henchman. I'm not getting any alerts for some reason. Uh, uh, D-Life, what are you doing to me, bro? So sorry about that if I missed the comment. Uh, where is Captain Henchman? All right, it's not there. He's gone. I got no alert for that one. Well, that's great. 
That's fantastic. Thank you so much, D-Life. Um, it's probably not your fault. I think it's a Tidy Labs thing. So that's the beautiful part. He's keeping people alive. <laughs> I No, I'm, I'm being responsible. I'm social distancing. If you ask me to remove my mask, you're putting lives at risk. So th- like I said, the metagame aspect of this is so delicious to me. If he's asked to remove his mask, then he could say, no, 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 I need to keep my mask on for public safety. (laughs) And there's absolutely nothing that they can do about it. (laughs) That's why I suspect he's leaning on his cart like a complete Chad like that, (laughs) because he knows you, you can't take, you can't get me to take my mask off. That would be in violation of the governor's order. (laughs) Yes. It is essentially thanks. This is in San Diego, by the way. It is now essentially thanks to Gavin Newsom. It is illegal to ask somebody to remove a KKK hood. (laughs) He's an absolute fucking genius. This is see. This is IRL trolling that I can definitely one hundred percent get behind. Uh, uh, Thank you. Finally got the chat to pop up. Thank you, Captain Henchman, for the diamond. This is a Karen's dream right here. Oh, the dream will soon turn to a nightmare, though, sir. Racist hood. Good evening, and thanks for joining us. I'm Alicia Summers. And I'm Steve Hi, Alicia. Price. The disturbing post has been circulating on social media. It shows a man wearing a clan hood for a face covering while grocery shopping. Now, this is not a hoax. We have confirmed this happened yesterday at the Vons in Santee. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy. Just getting his plastic bag. <laughs> just very casual, cool, calm, and casual. Just getting my apples, just getting my watermelon, just getting my bananas. Not doing anything out of the ordinary here. This is all just regular behavior. Nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> He's an absolute genius. I love it. Winning TV donated the diamond said, Captain Hench, this is, oh, that was Captain Hench. This is a Karen's dream. Okay. I'm not getting, I'm not getting the to and fro. So I'll I'll leave that between you guys. (laughs) News 8's Kelly Hesedal spoke to the Anti-Defamation League about the shocking image and has reaction from local leaders. There he is. So he did take the mask off at some point. Uh, So we spoke to the Anti-Defamation League about this, huh? Well, there are lots of comments regarding this post. Uh, Plenty of people are upset about it. One man that we talked to who took some of these photos uh, didn't want to talk on camera about it. Why not? But he did tell us when he saw this person, he felt sick to his stomach. Photos of a man wearing shorts, a T-shirt. If you were so offended, if you were so upset, why wouldn't you want to let the world know? Why wouldn't you want to make a statement, bro? We've all got to stand tough in the face of these people who want to protect the community from coronavirus. How dare he? How dare this white nationalist try to protect everybody? How dare this white nationalist try to keep everybody safe? How dare this clan member (laughs) practice social distancing responsibly in a supermarket, huh? And a KKK white hood pushing a shopping cart have been circulating on social media. The photos were taken at the Vaughn store on Mission Gorge Road in Santee Saturday afternoon. I think he's a fool. I think he's inciting. Yeah, no, you're much smarter. <laughs> She's like, I think he's a fool. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing far better. 
walking around with your little mask there. <laughs> There's Karen, by the way. <laughs> there she is. How many times have we pointed out on this show? Again, current, again, present company is always excluded from this observation. I know you guys are different, but what is it with white boomer females whenever there is some kind of manufactured, confected outrage story? You, they are the first one that they always go to. You watch. Now that I've said this, you'll watch every single report. This is apparently about a guy wearing a KKK hood. I would have thought the first person you would get a comment from would be like a black guy or a black woman or some kind of uh, black community leader or something like that. No. Whenever there's confected outrage, the first person they always interview on all of these reports is always a white boomer female. Every fucking time. Every time. And I know present company is excluded. If you are a white boomer female in the audience, you wouldn't do this because you like this show. You get it. But I'm afraid some of your comrades are letting the team down, unfortunately. Problems in the store. I'm problems. Just looking for a fight. I'm really disappointed that he came out with that on his head. Like yeah. he could get anything else on social media. No. <laughs> it's kind of like t- he's. I guess he's exercising his freedom in the one way. If you're going to have your freedom stripped away and everybody has to wear a mask, you kind of ask for this, right? Because he's not allowed to do his rallies anymore. He's not allowed to have gatherings. He's not allowed to invite the 10 other local KKK chapter members over for coffee and cake. So now he needs to express himself in more creative ways, I suspect. One shopper wrote, several employees came over together and told the man to either remove the hood or he would have to leave. So he removed the hood. He removed the hood and put everybody's life at risk, you disgusting employees. These employees are obviously science deniers. These employees, by forcing this man to practice bad hygiene, right? By forcing this man to remove his mask, the people who asked him to remove it are now putting the lives of specifically brown and black people at risk. Remember our Teen Vogue article, ladies and gentlemen. People who do not practice social distancing, people who do not wear masks are essentially white supremacists who want black people to die. We know this now. This is science. This is based in science. Anybody against this is an obvious science denier. So the employees at this store are now making it life more dangerous for black and brown people all around the world. Because they selfishly didn't like the mask that the guy was wearing. Disgusting behaviour. Absolutely disgusting. So troublesome in so many ways. This is still happening in Santee at Vons. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> I'm going to do my impression of Mersh, who does an impression of Seb Gorka. Disgusting. <laughs> So troublesome in so many ways. This is still happening in Santee at Vons. Disgusting. Disgusting. By the way, tune in to Merch tonight, 10 p.m. Nightwave Radio, ladies and gentlemen. Others wrote they couldn't believe the photo was real. This is this for is this real? You you fucking bet your life it is. This man wrote, it makes my head spin in anger. Makes my head spin in anger. Imagine being this upset over a fucking piece of cloth. 
The San Diego Anti-Defamation League says hate cases are on the rise. Regional direct. Is this a hate case, though? I thought it was a case of good social distancing practicing. I thought this was a case of following the rules, huh? Guess not. No, this is a hate case now. Dr. Tammy Gillies. Yes, we've seen that for both the Asian American community. And again, I'm sorry, again, another white boomer female. Another one. Community, the uh, anti-Semitism that's out there. We. <laughs> Just had to crowbar that one in. The Asian community, okay. Anti-Semitism, what? <laughs> where did that go? Where did that one come from? <laughs> Just can't go one report, can you? Not one report without trying to squeeze that one into the mix. <laughs> Well, this COVID-19 pandemic is very, it's very distasteful, very disturbing. I've seen a lot of Asian Americans. There was a guy wearing a KK hood down at the store the other day, a KKK hood. And don't forget about the uh, anti-Semitism, the what? Ah. We've seen it on the rise. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's what history shows us, is that when there's a crisis, <laughs> uh, people look for a scapegoat. We reached out to Vons for comment. A spokesperson sent us a statement that reads in <laughs> Kitty V in the chat. Chinese hate Jews? I don't believe it. <laughs> quote, unfortunately, an alarming and isolated... In Alar it's alarming. <laughs> Sorry, I can't take this seriously. I cannot take this seriously. I mean, it was clearly a troll, right? Clearly. The guy is walking around the supermarket doing his shopping in a KKK hood. Come on. What do you, what do you think? He was down there recruiting. The fuck is wrong with you? It was alarming and shocking and oh, it's offensive and oh, the anti-Semitism. It's a hate crime. No wonder people don't take this shit seriously anymore. Honestly. Incident occurred at our Vaughn store in Santee, where a customer chose an inflammatory method of wearing a face cover. <laughs> an inflammatory method of wearing a face cover. <laughs> so you see, ladies and gentlemen, the moral of the story is, because it's an inflammatory method of wearing a face covering, the true moral of the story here is <laughs> public safety, public health, Protecting people, saving people's lives by wearing masks to protect people against the spread of coronavirus is not as dangerous as casual racism. <laughs> it's not as dangerous as trolling racism. That's the that's the main push of the story here. Needless to say, it was shocking. Several sure, coronavirus is deadly. COVID-19 is going to wipe us all out. Sure, we should all be locked up in our homes, and if you go out, you need to wear a mask, but not one of those. That's far worse. Members of our team asked the customer to remove it, and all requests were ignored until the customer was in the checkout area. This was a disturbing incident for our associates. Well, I can imagine. He's already done the shopping. He gets to the checkout area, and they're like, oh, we're not going to serve you if you don't take that hood off. <laughs> He must have been like, well, you know, I've kind of already spent 40 minutes in here getting all my things. I really don't want to have to go around and get, you know, all the same products at a different store again. It's like, ah, fine. <laughs> so he did get to go around the whole store first. They waited until he was about to give them money.
associates and customers, and we are reviewing with our team how to best handle such inappropriate situations uh, in the future. My most hated word in the English language is inappropriate. I'm sorry, sir, that's inappropriate. How, do, how are we going to handle inappropriate situations in the future? God mighty. I think our country is in such a divide right now. Uh, Supervisor Diane Jacobs sent this statement to News 8 Sunday. It says, quote, <laughs> the images I've seen are abhorrent. This blatant racism has no place in Santee or any part of San Diego County. It is not who we are. It is not what we stand for and can't be tolerated. So that can't be tolerated. That can't be tolerated. But putting handcuffs on people in front of their kids in parks when no one's around, that can be tolerated. Shutting down businesses and forcing people onto the street, that can be tolerated. Police uh, dragging people out of cars because they're not social distancing, that can be tolerated, right? Banning people from fishing in rivers on their own property, that can be tolerated. Closing down the whole economy except for major corporations like Amazon, Uber Eats, McDonald's, Walmart, that can be tolerated. All of these other things can be tolerated. Unconstitutional policing can be tolerated. But one guy wearing a, ma- um, a, a hood in a store, that can't be. Now we all need to rally the troops because that can't be tolerated. They're really telling you about who they are because they say, oh, this is not who we are. No, no, who we are is just a police state. <laughs> who we are is the brutal enforcement of unconstitutional laws, but we're not people that will allow a guy to wear a hood in a store, as is his First uh, Amendment right. Fuck, fuck your amend- First Amendment. That's who, that's who we are. And late Sunday night, the mayor of Santee weighed in on wow. this as well. The, ma- the mayor's office had something to say about well, it. Sending us a statement of his own, thanking the people who stepped in during this situation. He says this individual's actions are not representative of Santee. (laughs) Pathetic. Pathetic. You're all pathetic. If this guy had have just walked through and collected his stuff and, you know, taken his card out, it wouldn't even be a thing. It wouldn't even be a story. The outrage makes it a story. Uh, How long have we got back? All right, let's let's do this video. This has a little bit of age on it. It's from October last year, but I was doing a bit of reading about uh, one particular one guy out of this little group that you're about to see, and I thought maybe this is the solution. Maybe this is the solution to Corona Chan. Maybe this is the the solution to the unconstitutional policing of the First Amendment and other amendments, ladies and gentlemen, in the United States. Maybe this is the solution to the police state. What if we all make our own countries? (laughs) So apparently there is this group of people who have created micro-nations. They have their own economies. They have their own money. They have their own constitutions. And every year or two, they all get together, these leaders of these micro-nations. There's one in Australia, a very famous one, called the Province of Hutt. And people don't believe this story when I tell them. There's a guy who lives on a big property. I forget which state he's in, <clears throat> but he lived in a big property near an Air Force base, right? And he was sick of the Air Force flying over his property all the time. So he declared his property a micronation, an independent state, to stop the uh, the Air Force flying over his property. <laughs> <clears throat> 
and that state became the province of Hutt. And they have their own money and everything. I think it's got a population of like 30 people. Fascist hippie, we've got one in WA. It might, might be the same one, actually. So all of these little micro-nations get together and have little micro-nation junkets. So let's have a look. Let's see what these jokers are up to. We're not crazy. We're not crazy. Okay. We're, we're beautiful human beings. Well, you're the president, so I have to be shorter than you. I could go on my tiptoes, but then I... No. West Antarctica. West Antarctica. They've got their own anthem. Land of the free and free. Where all my dreams will be. <laughs> Waiting for thee. For thee. <laughs> this seems to me to be like a libertarian wet dream. <laughs> well, I'll just create my own goddamn country. It's a libertarian wet dream meets uh, a trekky, a trekky comic con kind of situation, right? Hi, I'm Dylan, and this is not exactly normal. Today, I'm at a conference hosted that shirt. <sighs> yeah. By the United Slobovian Empire. Slobovia. Which, if you haven't heard of, you're not alone. This nation exists solely under the feet of its citizens. This is Microcon, a convention for micronations. I have to go to this thing. <laughs> I have to be there. I have to see this. I have to meet these people. These are tiny nations often ruled over and occupied by as little as a single occupant. <laughs> micronations, according to various technocrats, monarchs, and presidents here exist to make your dreams a reality as long as those dreams are micro good morning everybody it is great to see you all <laughs> look at this guy with the sash and the medals all over his chest you know at one time this was just a dream that dream has since become a reality yeah and because of you good people Von Bilvehausen in the chat. Mom, El Presidente wants hot pockets. You are. Boogie Stan. To make it a reality. Go and be who you are meant to be. Make your dream a reality. Yeah. Because you can do it. Yep. That is all. Thank you. That's the king of Amazonia. But I'll let the his king of Amazonia himself. My name is Ernest Emmanuel. Hello. You should address the king of Amazonia as his royal highness. You pathetic peasant. Von Braunenberg, Amethonia. I don't know if I can remember. Ernest Von Braun. Ernest, um, Ernest Emmanuel. Ernest Emmanuel. Von Braunberg. Von Braunberg. Amethonia. It's got a Dutch name. Amethonia. <laughs> yes. That is quite a mouthful. Yes, yeah, they people just call me uh, King Ernest Emmanuel for short. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> Justin Herbert attack. Dr. Evil be like, right. Just that. That's, yeah. that's yeah, pretty that, tight. That, Amazonia came to an existence about eight years ago. Fascist hippie in the chat who's in WA, uh, Western Australia, the guy from the province of Hutt got a letter from the Queen acknowledging his secession from the Commonwealth. I had no idea. So he's officially his own province now. He's not part of Australia, technically. Fantastic. As a virtual kingdom, a virtual realm, and as time progressed on, um, opportunities came along to acquire land. Was this through a purchase or at gunpoint? 
this was through a purchase. Okay. But let's... Was, was this through a purchase or a land grab? Back up. What exactly is a micronation? The modern concept... It's an, it's an exercise of freedom, goddammit. It's a goddamn dream come true. What is a micronation? The concept of micronationality stems from a single micronation, and it's the one that inspired most of the people here. A little. Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. Thank you, Ben. Says, finally, someone who found holes in democracy, or as I like to call it, call it, democrazy. Huh? Free dumb. Place called the Principality of Sealand. <laughs> <laughs> And they have to put down the bottom of the screen, courtesy of Sealand, because this is obviously Sealandian propaganda here. In uh, 1967, uh, a British guy took over an abandoned naval... This, I expect, is your regular average uh, microcon clientele right here. <laughs> I'm not trying to be too judgy or anything, but when I think of uh, people getting together to celebrate unknown people creating their own countries out of nothing and having a convention around it, this is the guy that I expect to be into that. This is the guy I think would be covering it, 100%. For the oh, R.C. McGee says, no, he's a leftist author. Well, that'd be right. It was built during World War II to establish a pirate radio station. He's talking about Roy Bates, a major in the British Army who took over an abandoned naval fort off the coast of England nice. to establish a pirate radio station to Fantastic. play the music that the BBC wouldn't. The pirates, much to the horror of the BBC and the government, filled the airwaves with rock. With the assistance of an eager staff of DJs come deckhands, Roy Bates occupied an abandoned seaport in the Thames estuary, spent £45,000 of his own money, and created Britain's first 24-hour radio station, Radio Essex. Ah, oh, there's just no heroes anymore, huh? There's no legitimate heroes anymore. We have been robbed of them. Now all we've got is black and white grainy footage of people taking over old World War II radio stations in the middle of the, no the ocean and guys wearing KKK hoods in the fucking local supermarket. That's all we've got now. Those are the only rebels we've got left. In those heady days, the pirates ruled Sealand, the king of Sealand. The airways <laughs> and felt they were a... Couldn't he come up with a more creative name? It's a very creative plan. To take over a World War II radio station and play rock and roll and stuff. What should we call this, sir? Uh, for coming. I'll see you in hell. What should we call this, sir? Uh, I don't know. Sealand. <laughs> really? That's, uh, that's inspirational. My, the, the best town name that I have for, like, uncreative town names is actually an Australian town in Queensland, which is the state right above my state. And the, the, the name of the town is Townsville, <laughs> which always makes me laugh. Because, like, normally it's something town or something ville. So they just decided, well, let's just put the two things. <laughs> we're not going to call it, you know, we're not going to call it Smithtown or Smithville or Jonestown or Jonesville. No, no, no. Just Townsville. Okay. Works for me. Whatever. Now we don't have to be creative now. ...from attack even by the British government. It'll, it'll solve that age-old problem. Should we call it X-Town or X-Ville? Well, we'll call it Townsville. Shut the hell up. 
The courts ended up ruling against his fort's occupation, and so on Christmas Eve 1966, Bates moved to another fort, which was further offshore, outside the UK's jurisdiction. But instead of launching another pirate radio station, he declared independence. And his free state? The Principality of Sealand. Sealand, ladies and gentlemen. The crucial part about it was that it was uh, in genuinely international waters, and so uh, he had at least a technically arguable claim to possess this fort. Well, it's a very different day to the sort of Princess Joan of Sealand. <laughs> God, I want my own sea fort now. This is so disappointing. I want my own country. Don't you? The things I would do. <laughs> sort of day I would live in England. Um, but, uh, well, you get up. You, you, you have a normal routine. You get used uh, to instead it. Instead of uh, running a home, you run a fortress. <laughs> Fearing their own Cuba, the UK government began destroying the remaining unoccupied forts. Oh, what? But when they approached Sealand, they were met with fierce opposition. After the Prince of Sealand fired a warning shot off the platform, the so-called invaders turned tail back to the mainland. <laughs> yes. Sealand, 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 Sealand. <laughs> he see. Uh, most of my uh, audience is in the United States, and. It's amazing the amount of times that uh, Americans will bring up the War of Independence. Oh, we fought off the king. Oh, we were farmers. Oh, all we had was like a few guns and they had the old army. We uh, we overcame the whole British fucking army. Oh, lardy fucking duh. We're so special. This guy did it with one gun. They threw tea at them. <laughs> one gun. One shot. This is the shot heard around the world. One gun, and the whole British Navy turns around and goes home. Here in Sealand, we kick the shit out of those red coats. Following this, <laughs> Prince Michael was brought. And the country was born Ring in blood. The bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, Captain Hedgeman. Before the British courts, and the judge ruled that, quote, this was a swashbuckling incident. And ultimately, he decided that the UK courts held no jurisdiction. And so... <laughs> Scott Volger in the chat. One little pea shot. Later, sweaty. Ireland was made independent. <laughs> and from there, uh, just a pretty remarkable series of adventures unfolded. Adventures. I love adventures. Uh, in the 1970s, uh, the Prime Minister of Sealand actually got a gun and took over the Sealand uh, platform. And uh, took the, the prince's son hostage. What? And he... Prince of Sealand had to get together a few friends with real guns, storm the platform, and take him hostage. And actually, this led to a court case. <laughs> there was a coup in Sealand. <laughs> See, my, my week is now complete. That sort of determined uh, Sealand's sovereignty because the British government said, we don't have authorization to go on that platform and get, get the person they're holding hostage back. Wow. Going to come back and so what did they do with the Prime Minister of Sealand? Did they keep him on the platform forever? Is he still locked in there now? <laughs> did they just throw him over the thing into the ocean? <laughs> so swim home. See you later. So there was an armed uprising in Sealand. Who knew? 
a boat and try and scale the place in the dark. It was very difficult because, as you can see, we've, we've uh, fortified it and cut away anything people can climb up on, you know. So we had to come out the next Ring morning the at dawn with it. and get your cheese, man. Nightwave Radio, ladies and gentlemen. Smirsh is in. He's in for the glass dildo. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget tonight, ladies and gentlemen, 10 p.m. Uh, follow Nightwave Radio, dlive.tv slash Nightwave Radio. Uh, follow Mersh, everybody's favourite lover of French women. The helicopter, and we took the doors off the helicopter, slid down ropes about 100 feet above. This is this is like rust. <laughs> this is like a game of fucking rust. They stormed an oil platform, which was declared a separate country, and took it over with one gun. See, because we couldn't land the helicopter. Slid down ropes, no life jackets. Sea anything. land. And um, landed on the top, and as we came down, they were running out of the building. And uh, we got in amongst them, and, and you know, before they could organise themselves, they were—I think—they were debating whether to start shooting, and they were armed, of course. Of course, we were armed. There, there's the coup, there's the coup, there's the the brains behind the coup right there. Boo! It's what you get for trying to take over Sealand, you son of a bitch, you treacherous dog. Anyway, we managed to get get hold of the situation before it got any further. The leader of the oh, weren't the seventy something wild, huh? Dutch and German team was himself. We often talk about going back to the 90s. I wasn't around for the 70s. Can we go back to the 70s? It looks like a hell of a good time. The Sealand passport holder. Sealand have their own passports. <laughs> Gernard Putz. Still showing battle scars, Putz was tried for treason against Sealand, fined 75,000 Deutschmarks, and only released after seven weeks' imprisonment. <laughs> Well, Sealand was lucky. They had a trial <laughs> in Sealand. Lucky enough to have their own. Free Sealand. Every time Blue's in the chat. An unclaimed fortress. It's an incredible story. In international water. I can't believe I'd never heard of this. Waters, the micronations it inspired weren't so lucky. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. But they haven't let that stop them. So West Arctica is a micronation that was founded in 2001 when I discovered that a part of Antarctica had been unclaimed by any existing country. <laughs> so I thought, well, the Antarctic... This is, this is what happens when nerds have too much fucking time on their heads. <laughs> I love this so much. This is libertarian heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm basking in libertarian heaven right now. Everybody just declare your own country. <laughs> we don't recognize your laws, sir. This is a micronation now. I'm going to have 100 people over for a barbecue because fuck you. You can't intimidate the great nation of West Arctica. You can't, ingrate the, the, you can't intimidate the great nation of Boogistan with your threats. Treaty prevents another country from claiming it, but it doesn't prevent an individual from claiming it. Right. So I, I wrote up a letter, sent it to the United Nations, and said, This part of Antarctica is mine. Yeah, did you get a response? I, no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Doesn't stop him living the dream, though, does it? I wish. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever visited? Uh, I have never visited there, but. This ruler has no jurisdiction. This ruler is an unlawful, this, this usurper has no right sitting on the throne of West Arctica. He's never even been there. Son of a bitch. I have an open invitation from the Russian government to use their station that's in my country. My name is Ben. Yeah. President Ben. My country. <laughs> Benjamin 
tea pickles of the Republic of Benjistan. It's a micronation in my bedroom. They're based in my bedroom. We have territory in Antarctica and on the northern hemisphere of Saturn. All right. Um, <laughs> It's going to be a long, long time before it's going to be a long, long time before those jackboot imperialist dogs invade the northern hemisphere of Saturn, I think. So he's probably safe on this one. <laughs> the northern hemisphere of Saturn. <laughs> this kid claimed Saturn. <laughs> no, not all of it, though. He just he said he's just got some territory on the northern hemisphere. So he wasn't greedy. I suppose he's only claimed the, the part of Saturn that he feels he has a rightful claim to. <laughs> this kid will end up being a politician one day. <laughs> Not the lower hemisphere. No. I hear it's really bad there, the lower hemisphere of Saturn. It's really the worst part, don't you think? While Benjamin T. Pickles and the Grand Duke of Antarctica are duking it out over Antarctica, there is a micronation in... So the kid's name is Benjamin T. Pickles. <laughs> And he is the leader, he is the ruler, the rightful ruler of a section of territory in the northern hemisphere of Saturn. Sweden that has had a bit more success with its sovereignty. Wotan's Tower. So the artist Lars began building a sculpture on the shores of Sweden in 1980. He was, uh, Lars was out swimming in the ocean, as Swedes are wont to do, yeah. and something happened and he almost drowned. He drove himself ashore, that was the spot where he came ashore. And to celebrate the fact that he didn't die, he started building a sculpture with what he had available, which was... <laughs> Lou Ferrigno, with a very good point. You have to plant your flag in it to claim it. I call it BS. <laughs> and he just kept building and building, and for two years he built this without anyone knowing. By the time they discovered it, it was nine stories tall and about 75 tons of driftwood. Wait, did I hear that right? It's nine stories tall? Holy shit. It's one hell of a fort, huh? The Swedish government sued him and filed criminal charges, actually, and that dragged through the courts for over a decade. Sweden was <laughs> unable to enforce their laws on that land, and the structures remain. So Lars declared that since Sweden could not enforce their laws on that land, it wasn't their land anymore. It was his. So. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> So he won the court case, but that wasn't enough. He then doubled down. So the court declares we can't enforce the laws, uh, the laws on this particular part of the land. See, this is this is the option for everybody who, when you know, after Corona Chan, when you go to court, when the courts reopen again, and you take your case to court, that you were kicked off a beach, right? Thank you for the diamond, Joe Ng. Osha. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. We reject your building codes and create our own Von Bilverhausen. Coffee talk with Sandra. His land. Cheers. <laughs> it is now. So this is the thing. So if you get kicked off the beach or if just say, because we've done the videos, drones flying around and they monitor you in your own backyard. If somebody, if the police try to fine you for like having a barbecue in your own backyard and there's like 10 people there who aren't social distancing, when the courts reopen, take them to court. <clears throat> You'll win because it's unconstitutional. And then double down and say, well, since you can't enforce these rules <laughs> on this particular patch of land, I am now declaring my independence from the United States. 
<laughs> you have no jurisdiction in my backyard. Sorry. <laughs> then we'll just uh, we'll get 300 million micro nations all around the Western world. We'll completely destroy everything. Fuck it. Let's burn it all down. So this never happens again. Like I said, this is libertarian paradise. Everybody's property is their own country now. That's the way. This is the, this is my dream. I, f- I finally found hope. You know, I get criticized a lot on this show for being like blackpilled and for saying that there's no hope, saying that we're all doomed. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just found a ray of sunshine on an otherwise cloudy day. I have finally found a glimmer of hope. One day, we will all rule over our own micronations. <laughs> my property, my nation, my rules. I am de- I am declaring myself the king of Boogistan. Yes, I'm I'm going to be a monarchist. But I'll be a benevolent king. I'll be the kind of king that the peasants love. They'll build monuments to me. At least I'll force them to because it'll be my friends and my future children and my wife will be doing it. Otherwise, no barbecue. <laughs> so if you want a monument, if you want a barbecue, you're going to have to build a monument first to the king of Boogie Stan, me, Boogie Bumper. We'll all rule over our own micronations. There will be diplomacy. There will be arrangements. There will be trade. We can trade between the micronations. We'll do away with one world currency like that. That'll be gone. It will be illegal for you to surveil my nation of Boogistan. This is amazing. Finally, finally, there is hope. He declared Ladonia independent in 1996. While these sculptures of Ladonia tower over the barren nation, not all micronations are so physical. And where is Slobovia located? Uh, we like to say it's in the hearts and minds of our citizens. Boo! You've got to have land, man. Uh, the only ground that we claim is the feet under, or the ground under our feet and the sky above our heads. <laughs> so wait, what's the name of this joker's country again? Ground that we claim. are so physical. And where is Slobovia located? Slobovia. So each citizen of Slobovia, whatever land they happen to be standing on, is part of Slobovia, wherever they go. <laughs> but just just the amount that their footprint can go on. Yeah, this guy's a LARPer, definitely. He just wants to be part of the club. He doesn't even have his own territory, man. Uh, we like to say it's in the hearts and minds of our citizens. Uh, the only ground that we claim... Follow Q says, Lord of, Lord of the Flies within three weeks. I certainly hope so. ...is the feet under, or the ground under our feet and the sky above our heads. So would I be standing in Slobovia right now? Um, you're standing on my foot, so oh. yes. Yeah, just invading your personal <laughs> space, yeah. Our landmass is actually only a small rock. That can- Where's Thought Island? ...can be carried around in this uh, briefcase, the official state briefcase. And do you have Obsidia with you? Obsidia is over there. Can we get her? Yeah, we can go get it. Do you want yeah. me to go get it? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. yeah go I'll retrieve it. it. I would love to see it. Go retrieve our country. Whoa! <laughs> There's Obsidia. That so is amazing. <laughs> I have to go to this thing one day. I absolutely, this this is a plate there, a place where I must be. Thotovia. 
Uh, why this rock in particular? It's actually, the rock was selected at random. It really doesn't have any important purpose. <laughs> it just serves as our land claim. To me, the land is meaningless because we actually don't believe in borders. And so I noticed... I'm going to invade Thotovia. I'm going to claim Thotovia to be part of Boogie Stan. What are you going to do about it, bitch? <laughs> you are now the property of Boogie Stan. The rock is two pieces. <laughs> remove remove that Thotovian uniform immediately. <laughs> is there strife between the smaller island and the larger island, or they get along? No, they get along. Um... All right, so micronations come in all shapes and sizes, but how do macronation governments respond? Yes, rock in America, exactly. As long as you carry the rock, you carry the land. Whoever has the rock owns Thotovia. On to these micro-separatists. Uh, we do interact with the uh, state government. Uh, of Nevada, we know, we know the governor. <laughs> Scott Volker in the chat. There are going to be a lot of these types we could just strong arm. I won't honour those bogus treaties. <laughs> you could. You could sit down next to the the henchmen of Thotovia and just take their briefcase off them. And when they try to fight back, you know, just punch them in the face or whatever and say, Thotovia belongs to me now. I have taken over the land of Thotovia. I am dissolving Thotovia as a nation. Uh, you don't believe, you don't have any uh, rightful claim to this land because you don't believe in borders, right? The Thotovian constitution does not have any allowance for uh, sovereign territory because you have no borders. So it's now mine and it's part of my country. And we do have sovereign claims because we do believe in borders. So once Thotovia gets on my property in the briefcase, once I bring it into my house, it's now part of my land. And I am declaring all of the former citizens of Thotovia to be illegal aliens in the nation of Boogistan. <laughs> so if you approach my border, you will be shot. <laughs> That's it. It's over for you. You're done. Sorry, Thotovia. You no longer exist. Just like that, you became Yugoslavia. Sorry, bro. And so forth, and the state and the senators and all that. Do they recognize your sovereignty? Um, I think they're really not sure what to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> but we hang around anyway. And uh... <laughs> God, God bless his heart. He takes uh, nobody taking him seriously as the same thing as like the government doesn't know what to do with us. No, no, they just they're not paying attention. <laughs> they're just you're. They're like, sir, some 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 uh, crazy guy in Oklahoma has just de declared his property to be an independent nation. Oh, okay, whatever. Just let him go. <laughs> it's not gonna not gonna be a problem. <laughs> the government's scared of me. <laughs> they don't know how to handle this shit. Uh, they're like, oh, those guys. All right, those guys. <laughs> well, I mean, our nation has the Republic of Molossia. <laughs> everything that a larger nation has physically has it. It's not just an idea. So yeah. we have our own post office as well as stamps, our own bank as well as money. We have our own phone system and so forth like that. So it's kind of a functioning uh, functioning country, but in a very small uh, package, if you will. Do you have a transit system? Made in USA Review, I'm sorry, I have to push back on this. Brave men once died to protect land. These pussies just have to just have imaginary pretend time. Sir, are you besmirching the good name? Of Molossi, what's, what's the name of this fucking place? <laughs> Those guys. All right. Those guys. <laughs> Molossia? Are you besmirching the honor and the memory of the brave warriors of Molossima, sir? 
Melosia, whatever. <laughs> how, how dare you? How dare you, sir? What, are you trying to start some kind of international incident here? Have a little fucking diplomacy, mate. Made in USA Review is trying to kick off World War Three. The Republic of Molossia is not going to put up with these aggressive actions, sir. I mean, our nation has everything that a larger nation has, physically has it. It's not just sort of an idea. Yep. So we have our own post office as well as stamps. Well, he's, he's better than Charlie Kirk. <laughs> he's better than Charlie Kirk. Because remember, Charlie Kirk said uh, the United States is just an idea. Do you remember that? Charlie Kirk essentially said, I, th- I think this was like six months ago, he basically said the only real country is Israel because of like the historical significance and the religions and all of that stuff, right? So the only real country on earth is Israel and every other country, including the USA, is just an idea. He said it's a placeholder for ideas. So the president, the based president of Molossia, ladies and gentlemen, said this is not just an idea. So there you have it. We now have two real countries on earth. Israel and Molossia. <laughs> the United States is just an idea. If we're working on the Charlie Kirk model of sovereignty, USA, illegitimate. Australia, illegitimate. New Zealand, illegitimate. Canada, illegitimate. Every country, illegitimate, except Israel. And Molossia. <laughs> oh, no. Turning Point USA, what have you done? What have you done? That a larger nation has physically has it. It's not just sort of an idea. It's not just an idea. So we have our own post office as well as stamps. We have our own bank as well as money. We have our own phone system. There's a lot of civilization, Sid Meier's civilization in the chat. Don't get me sidetracked, please. Defensive units, settlers, please do not get me sidetracked. I think I burned about 60% of my childhood playing that game and around 35% of my 20s. <laughs> And around 15% of my 30s. <laughs> and so forth like that. So it's kind of a functioning uh, functioning country, but in a very small uh, package, if you will. Do you have a transit system? Um, um, well, we... I can give... You don't understand how appealing this is to me. I can give you a little personal anecdote of what a nerd I am to close out the show. In some ways. In some ways, I'm a nerd. So... Um, when I was like in high school, so like the age of 13, 14 or something, um, I was at like, I was, I was in the music group. So we would get high and play guitar and play music and shit. But I also got on really well with the nerds. So like the sci-fi and stuff, I was a big fan, still am, big fan of sci-fi. So I kind of like grazed both universes, which was cool for me. But so uh, a few of us, a few of my friends and I, when we were like 13 or 14, we decided that feudalism was the best way to rule over people. (laughs) So we came up with a plan. We wrote a constitution. We came up with a plan. We were going to move to Tasmania one day. We were going to take over the Tasmanian government and declare it to be a feudalist state. So we would have a king, lords, commoners, and peasants, and should the newfound feudalist state of Tasmania have to go to war someday, then we would draw from landowners, peasants who work in the fields, 
to fight in our in our army. Right. And I distinctly remember, like, so this is the thing that we would do. Uh, we used to have roll call was a class. So everybody was in a different roll call class and then you'd go all separate and go to your different classes. And it was about four or five of us in this roll call class who were try- we were trying to work through <laughs> the minutiae of designing a constitution at the age of 13, 14. And one guy piped up and said, it's never going to work. And we're like, why is that? And he said, because you're spreading your forces too thin. You see, when you declare independence, right, the population of Tasmania is too small to, <laughs> it's too small to sustain a feudalist system. So we banished him. <laughs> he was banished from the government of feudalist, feudistan, whatever it fucker was. So he was a Feudistani uh, leader in exile from that point on. And he was allowed to sit at the same table and whatnot. But he, whenever he piked up, when we were talking about Feudistan, uh, he was threatened with being thrown in the future Feudistani prison because he didn't believe in the mission. He didn't believe in the message. He wasn't a true revolutionary, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so he had to be done away with. So that's what a fucking nerd I am. And still, that's what a nerd I was and still am in many ways. So this video, uh, I'm going to put this in the chat. There's still like another 10 minutes of it, but, you know, I've, I've gone over time already. I'll put the link in the chat to the Micronations, ladies and gentlemen. The heroes of tomorrow, the libertarian solution to all of this police state shit. Let's all just declare our own property to be a Micronation. If you're a renter, I'm sorry. Them's the breaks. You will be a peasant forced to work in the fields of somebody else's micronation, unfortunately for you, ladies and gentlemen. But how about that? Uh, just one more time before we do go. Uh, if you're not yet a subscriber on DLive, if you're not yet a booger, pardon me, and you'd like to win yourself this, <clears throat> the official one-of-a-kind daily boogie dildo, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to go in the draw become a subscriber, and then head over to my timeline at Boogie Bumper. There's a pinned tweet at the top of my timeline. Put your DLive name under that tweet. Just reply with your DLive name, and you'll go in the draw, which will be Friday night, 6 p.m. We'll do a show, a special show. We'll do the draw live on air. So I found like a program that does like a, na- a random generator. So I'll just put all the names in. I'll do it live in front of everyone so that everybody knows there's no cheating or anything like that. And we'll put all the names in. And the winner will be drawn from that live on air for the authentic one-of-a-kind Daily Boogie dildo, ladies and gentlemen. This <laughs> Von Bilberhausen, that's what we're calling it from now on. The Scepter of Boogie Stan. You, you can win yourself the pleasurable Scepter of Boogie Stan. There it is right there from the very talented uh, evil Ian who does tremendous glasswork, ladies and gentlemen. So that'll be Friday night. I'll leave that tweet up. You have until Friday morning to enter the draw. (laughs) Winning TV in the chat. Great paperweight. Oh, it's a paperweight, but it does so much more. It does so much more, my friend. So thank you for joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, Don't forget to follow our friends, uh, Winning TV, UK Neil. Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, who joined us. Uh, why censored? Don't forget JJ Stoner, ladies and gentlemen. Joy of Pessy. Later on tonight, uh, Rational Time, Sunday night shit show last night with Frozen Asian and Spent D, of course. Follow all of our friends. Later on tonight, you've got Mersh uh, on Nightwave Radio, dlive.tv slash Nightwave Radio at 10 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. I'll be in the chat, so I'll see you there. 
tomorrow morning, Day Wave with Royce Lopez, JJ Stoner at midday, Revenge of the Sis at four o'clock, and then we do it all over again here on the Daily Boogie at six. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to enter the dildo competition, then you can do so by following me on Twitter. Well, you don't even have to follow me on Twitter, but just go to Twitter, head to my pinned tweet, and answer with your DLive name under the tweet if you are indeed a booger, if you are a subscriber on DLive. Until tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, at 6 p.m., stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We're opening the chest now, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Long live Boogie Stan. Long live the great nation of Boogie Stan. <laughs>